Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, the Bible says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered this gift, this indescribable gift? It is, it is a part of our lives as a believer. And one of the things that we find is Paul writes the letter to the church at Colossae. And if you will, just flip back to Colossians chapter number 1 as we continue our study through Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. As we consider the words that he has written, my hope and prayer today is that with hearts of thanksgiving, we will understand the significance of what we have in our salvation. And sometimes in our lives, it is easy for us, I think, to kind of move past that, that it becomes old hat to us so to speak it becomes second nature in our lives if we're not careful and sometimes we just lose sight of this indescribable gift that we have as a result of who we are as a believer in Jesus Christ what makes believers most thankful should be the work of Jesus Christ our hearts should be constantly in an attitude of thanksgiving as we consider the precious gift that we have of our salvation in our own lives and for how many of us does that sometimes grow cold sometimes it may grow old in our lives if we're not careful well hopefully this morning I can encourage your heart with some things as we look at Colossians chapter number one and hopefully and prayerfully this morning your hearts will be encouraged as you consider what you have in your relationship with Jesus Christ think about this from the beginning before becoming a born-again believer I want you to consider this God was our judge but after we become a born-again believer, God moves from being our judge to being our father. Just the significance of that, when you consider that, prior to salvation, God is our judge. After salvation, God now moves from judge to our father. And what that ought to create inside of our hearts then because of his grace we no longer stand before him condemned do you realize that as a unbeliever we stand before God as judge condemned already but because of his grace and through his grace placing our trust and faith in Jesus Christ God moves from being our judge to being our father but how many of us live our life as a believer with that attitude in our hearts, understanding and realizing that God is not our judge any longer, but God is our Father, concerned about us, concerned about every aspect of our lives and who we are. And so every day as we go through life and as we do life every single day, understanding and realizing that we have a Father who is concerned about all of us and all of the things that, are, that is accomplished in our life and that we have the opportunity to do. You know, we come into this time of the year, we call Thanksgiving. And we talk about being thankful for all the blessings of God. But I want you to add something to the list this year. Just be thankful that God is no longer your judge, but God is your Father. And we can, with a thankful heart, to understand that and be and offer up thanksgiving to God for who He is. Chapter 1 of the book of Colossians, of the letter to the church at Colossae in verse number 12. I want you to notice what Paul writes. He says, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks for what? Well, if you go back up to verse 9, and I want you to notice, going back up to verse 9, I want you to notice the context. And notice what it says. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, 
strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks joyously giving thanks unto who unto our father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light that word qualified in verse thir- or in verse number 12 is an interesting word the word adequate or qualified is only used in two places in the new testament Take your Bibles and turn with me back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I want you to notice with me verse number 6. Paul writing, speaks, and uses the word adequate, uh, not only in verse 6, but also back up in verse 5. But I want you to notice verse 6 with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And notice verse number 6. Who also made us adequate that's the same word as qualified so adequate or qualified who also made us adequate or qualified as servants of a new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life and if you go back to colossians chapter 1 and look at verse 12 again That word qualified in verse 12, it's the same Greek word there. It means qualified or adequate for what? What is it it that Paul is wanting to get across to us here in verse number 12 of Colossians chapter 1? The actual word qualified or adequate means to make sufficient, to empower or authorize so what is it that Paul is speaking about here what is Paul writing about what is the significance of what he says giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and light there's another word in verse number 12 that's interesting it's the word inheritance as a born-again believer did you know that all of us in this room who are born-again believers today we have an inheritance as well And when we consider all of this that Paul is writing about, joyously giving thanks to the Father, for what? We're not qualified because of our own efforts. We're not adequate because of our own efforts in our life. We're qualified through the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. It's something called grace. And I think that is a word today that we just kind of lose sight of the intensity and the understanding of what it means when we speak about this grace. This grace that we are a part of, this grace that we're a recipient of, not because of our efforts, not because of anything that we have done, but because our Father bestowed and gave us that grace as a gift. It's the gift of grace. The undescribable gift that Paul writes about and he speaks about. Because I will tell you today, it is indescribable. You can't describe it. When we consider who we are and we consider our own lives and when we consider where we were. Do you understand this morning in the position that we were in before we became a believer? We were condemned already. There was no hope. We had no hope. And our only hope today resides in Jesus Christ because of God's grace, because of his gift of grace. And are you ready for this? And that inheritance that Paul speaks of in verse number 12 is guaranteed. Did you know that that inheritance is something that is guaranteed to us? Guaranteed by the giving of the Holy Spirit. When you consider as Paul's writing here in his letter to the church at Colossae, let me tell you what he's talking about. He is trying in his letter to the church at Colossae to get them to understand the significance of what it means to be in Christ. 
And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, especially in the busyness of the world that we find ourselves in today and just all of the things that are taking place around us today. I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that everything that we have, the blessed hope that we have today is because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not based upon anything that you and I have within ourselves to merit. It is simply because of the grace of of God. Did you know that your inheritance is guaranteed? It's guaranteed. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to notice with me verse 13 and verse 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and verse 14. Our inheritance is guaranteed. By the giving of the Holy Spirit Himself. Ephesians chapter 1, notice beginning in verse 13. In Him, Jesus Christ, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The gospel. What is the gospel? Is there another gospel today? There's only one. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel and the only gospel given to us through the scripture. And so Paul writes, in him, in Jesus Christ, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him. With what? With who? With the Holy Spirit of what? Promise. It's a promise of God. And my dear friend, therefore, as a result of a promise of God, let me ask you a question. Has God ever broken a promise? Our inheritance is guaranteed today. It is guaranteed based on the relationship that we have through Jesus Christ and the sealing of the Holy Spirit of promise of God himself. And then look at verse 14. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. A pledge. You know, I was thinking about this as I was driving here this morning just just kind of going back through my heart and my mind this passage in Colossians chapter number one and the significance of what Paul is writing about to joyously to joyously be thankful for what we have in Jesus Christ to joyously be thankful to the Father for the blessed inheritance that we have I think sometimes when we consider where we have been saved from to what we have been saved to, it becomes overwhelming. It's what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. It's this indescribable gift. Words can never begin to describe what we have. And then are you ready for this? Not only did he save us, call us to follow him and to be a disciple of him, but he also gave us two things to help in the process. One is the Word of God, completed from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, and the other is the Holy Spirit Himself. So that what we have been called to live out and what we have been asked and tasked to do, we do not have to do it with inside of our own merit or our own abilities, but through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, through the Word of God that leads us and guides us. But you know, the next thing that we need to, to kind of get our hands around this morning, if you go back to Colossians chapter number 1, we need to understand the impact of our deliverance. Do you understand and realize you've been delivered? You've been delivered. Delivered out of the grips of hell itself. Delivered out of the grips of the prince and the power of the air himself into the blessed hope that we have with Jesus Christ. 
I want you to notice verse 12 through verse 14 of Colossians chapter number 1 as we read it all together. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The only way that we're qualified is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the only way. Now look at verse 13. Now this doesn't stir you. I don't know what will. And matter of fact, if this doesn't just if this doesn't energize your heart this morning and bring about with inside of your heart just a joy that is unspeakable as we consider as indescribable gift, then you would just have to be wet. Now look at verse 13 and notice what he said. And I want you to notice the use of the words that Paul uses for he rescued us. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. He rescued us. My dear friend, listen to me. There was absolutely nothing you could do to rescue yourself. We were condemned already. We were powerless. Jesus Christ himself, because of the gospel, God the Father rescued us from the domain of darkness, giving us an inheritance that is promised and sealed by the Holy Spirit of God through his grace. My dear friend, I don't know about you, but that is indescribable. Because there is no one here in this building this morning that deserves it nor is worthy of it apart from the love of God himself. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In other words, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and as a result of the gospel and his grace, we have now been made a citizen of the kingdom of his. Do you see that? Do you understand that as a believer today, we're a citizen of his kingdom? We're a citizen of the heavenly kingdom. We're a citizen of the kingdom of God himself. We're a citizen of his. He's our father. And all of this because of his grace. And all of this because of his love. And let me say this to you today. We need to live every day in the confidence of that deliverance. We've been delivered. We've been set free. Jesus himself said, speaking of the truth, he said, this truth will set you what? It'll set you free. We've been set free from the domain of darkness. We have been set free from the bondage that sin held us in. Because of Jesus Christ. Then look at verse 14. Colossians chapter 1. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Do you see that? In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sin. Have you ever considered that word redemption? Do you realize that as a believer you've been redeemed? There's an old song that used to be sang many years ago, still sang in a lot of churches today. Matter of fact, if you go back to some of, um, just back a few years, and some of you probably have heard this, some of you probably have never heard of this song, but the title of it is, I'm Redeemed. Anybody ever heard that song, I'm Redeemed? By love divine, glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Do you realize that's a, that's a song the angels cannot sing is being redeemed? Do you understand what we have through our redemption? To be redeemed, to be set free, to be rescued from the bondage of darkness to be rescued and to be set free to live in the liberty that we have through Jesus Christ our Savior and so what does that mean in our lives every day how do we take that and apply it to where we are today well take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 6 in Romans chapter 6 Paul writes about the relationship that we have through Jesus Christ Romans chapter 6 
Romans chapter 6 and verse number 2. Romans chapter 6 and verse 2. So basically, verse 2 is an answer to the question from verse number 1. And the question in verse number 1 was, Are do we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Verse 2 answers that question, May it never be. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? He asked that question. How in the world can we who died to sin still live in it? Does our salvation we mean that we now become perfect and sinless? No. Will all of us in this building commit sin in our lives? Yes, we will. But we're no longer in bondage to that sin. It is no longer that sin that directs us, that moves us, that leads us. But sin is still a part of our lives. Look at chapter 6 and verse 7. Notice as Paul states again in verse number 7. For he who has died is freed from sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. And then look down at verse number 11. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in who? In Jesus Christ. Dead to sin. Sin no longer has a hold on us. Sin no longer holds us in bondage. Why? Because we have been rescued from the darkness and placed into the light. And as a result, sin no longer has a hold on us. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14. But we struggle with life every day, don't we? If we're all honest in here, I think we all struggle with sin in our lives every day. We do. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of God? Aren't you thankful today? Let me ask you a simple question. Aren't you thankful for His grace? I think sometimes what we have done in the, the church today and the world that we live in today, we've kind of redefined this word grace. My dear friend, let me share something with you. That grace has absolutely nothing to do with you, but everything to do with God. It's His grace. It's His grace that He bestows upon us. But I want you to notice the word redemption in verse 14 of Colossians chapter number 1. In whom we have redemption. Do you understand the significance of redemption? To be redeemed. Are you ready for this? Here it is. The word redemption involves the payment of a price to secure freedom. And Paul clearly identified that price as the death of Jesus Christ. Let me say that one more time. It involves the payment of a price to secure the freedom. Do you realize that your redemption that you have today was costly? Do you realize that the redemption that you have today cost the cost we could never, ever begin to get our hands around? Jesus Christ himself, who for the joy of the cross endured the pain, despised all of the rejection and everything that was taking place, who for the joy of the cross, knowing that that was the only way that it could be accomplished, a sacrifice had to be made. That's what we have in our redemption. In our redemption, that price 
the payment of a price to secure freedom was only and only is through the death of Jesus Christ himself. Paul used it to refer to the slavery of sin. The death of Christ was the payment for the only release from this, safe, uh, from this slavery. It's all it was. So for you and I today, we've been set free from the bondage of sin. We've been set free from the controls of the darkness itself. We have been given an inheritance because of our redemption. We have, a re we have an inheritance today that is secured by the Holy Spirit of God Himself and the promise of that sealing. That's what we have. So what does it mean for us? Great responsibility comes from being a part of the kingdom of God. And we should live each day in the light of who we are. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Watch what it says. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God. Now watch this. An acceptable service with reverence and awe. by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Let me ask you a question today. What does that do for your heart? What does that do for the world that you live in today? And I know, I hear it all, I hear it every day. When it looks like the world's winning. My dear friend, let me share something with you. The world is not winning. The victory's already been won. And are you ready for this? It was won on the cross of Calvary. It's coming to a close. And as God draws all things to a close, when we consider who we are as His children, as citizens of the kingdom, and He is our heavenly Father, let me ask you a question. How motivated are we today to be what He's called us to be? And are you ready for this? We have been entrusted with the gospel. Entrusted with the gospel to what? To spread it. To share it. Are you ready for this? Not just with words, but by the way we live our lives each day. May we live in the light of that inheritance. May we live in the light of that redemption. May we live in the light of that deliverance. May we live in the light of His love. May we live in the light of His grace. Because my dear friend, it has absolutely nothing to do with us, but it has everything to do with Him. And when we consider that, as Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, it is an indescribable gift that you and I have you see the death of Christ paid the price for our redemption God forgave our sins and provided for us an inheritance are you ready for this with absolutely no merit of who you are what you have to offer what you had to bring or any of that it was simply because of his grace 
simply because of his grace. And you ready for this? God delivered us from the power of darkness, granted us citizenship in Christ's kingdom, paid the price for our redemption, forgave us of our sins. So when we consider all that he has done for us, what is our response? How are we representing the kingdom today? How are we representing our Father today? What motivates our heart today? Is it our love for Him? Or is it simply because of a sense of duty? My dear friend, as I've been studying through this letter to the church at Colossae, and the more I read and study what Paul has written in this letter, my heart just sometimes gets to the point that it is overwhelmed when I consider where I was and where I am today. What I held and was held in bondage of and what I've been freed to today. May it motivate us. May it challenge our hearts. May it encourage us to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this building today, you had someone, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you had, if you had someone share the gospel with you, intentionally share the gospel with you at some point in your life when you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would like for you to stand this morning. If you intentionally, if someone intentionally shared the gospel with you, someone pointed you to Jesus Christ in the gospel, Wow, you can be seated. You see all these folks standing? So what does that say? Let me ask you a question today in closing. How important is the gospel to you? How important is the gospel to you? Is it important enough to live out in our lives every day? Not just words, but here's what it ought to do. It ought to dictate our walk each day as well. Father, we thank you for Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. Father, as we consider, as Paul wrote to the church, to give thanks to the Father. because of the gospel because of our redemption because of our deliverance because of our inheritance and that thanksgiving is done with joy even in light of difficult situations to be able to with joy offering up thanksgiving to the father for all that we have in our lives each day. And Father, I thank you today for your grace. And Father, the more I consider your grace, the more inadequate I become. Father, the more I understand your grace, Father, the burden for those who need the gospel becomes greater. Father, I pray that everyone in this auditorium this morning 
would understand the significance of the task that we have been given. It's the clock is ticking. The days are running shorter. Father, may we with urgency today redeem the time. Father, redeem the time because the days of you are evil. Father, redeem the time today to be an ambassador of the kingdom. Father, to share, to live out the glorious message of the gospel. Father, may we in this building this morning leave here today with a renewed urgency realizing and understanding the significance of the task that we have been given and father i pray for that one that may be here in this building today that may be watching online who have never had the opportunity to be able to see father to be able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ his death his burial and his resurrection and father it is only through Jesus Christ that we can experience eternity with you and so father I pray for that one that may be watching online that may be in this auditorium today that needs Jesus Christ in their life in a personal relationship. I pray that today, through the preaching of your word, through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God, may they give their heart and life to you and place their trust and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then, Father, I pray for those that are here today, Father, that just, that just need to be stirred Father, to understand and realize the significance of the day that we live in and the urgency of the hour that we find ourselves in today to be ambassadors for you. And so, Father, I pray this morning that we would be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and not hesitate. May today be the day of salvation. May today be the day that we determine in our hearts to be what you've called us to be. Father, this time we place into your hands this morning and pray your perfect will be done in every heart and life that's here. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Red's going to come lead us. Not going to delay anything this morning, but as we do, I want you to consider as we sing this this morning, as it speaks of his grace, just as I am without one plea. Just as I am, just like we are, as Brother Red leads us this morning. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. as I am. 
to give are up on the screen at home you should see those on your monitor as well i pray we pray that you would be faithful to give back to the lord what he has given and blessed us so much with let's pray father god in heaven we come before you lord jesus as we come to this part of worship where we give back to you father god from the blessings that you've given to us father father i pray right now that everything that is received today goes to glorify your kingdom father god goes to further your kingdom Father God, and Father, that we give each one of us from a cheerful heart, Father God. If we can't give cheerfully, if we can't give worshipfully, Father God, I pray we wouldn't give it all, Father. May you be glorified and lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. so glad that you're with us today next sunday morning don't forget next sunday lord willing if we should gather back here again we will be in the auditorium in the sanctuary okay and uh so we're looking forward to that next sunday night of course is our thanksgiving our annual thanksgiving meal we're looking forward to that somebody said well what all is going to be a part of that is just finally for the church to come back together as a whole to fellowship for some okay and uh, so we're looking forward to that and then of course tonight don't forget is our annual business meeting so i would encourage you to come be a part of that as we look forward to 2022 and what all god is going to do and then of course on monday morning started at nine o'clock andrew wouldn't tell you what time lunch was was <laughs> well guess what i'm not going to either so you have to be here at nine o'clock to help us out but anyone who can come help us we'd appreciate that so very much got a lot to do uh, to transform everything and so we're just looking forward to all of that i'm going to ask you to stand together with me we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer and uh 
Catch somebody on your way out. Greet somebody. Talk with somebody. Oh, yes, the business meeting will be uh, in, this, in this building in here tonight. Okay? So we'll be back in here tonight, Fred. All right. Let's... Uh, yeah, he said, say amen and let's go. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to gather here in this place today to worship you. Father, when we consider what we have because of your grace, Father, may we with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of joy share what you, through your grace, have given to us with a world today that so desperately needs to hear it. And that's the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray now that you would dismiss us with your love. Bring us back again at the next appointed time. As we leave out of this building today, may we enter into a world. May we share with the world what you've done in our hearts. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You're dismissed. Don't forget, if you can help with Operation Christmas Child, I'm heading right back.